This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Profit and Goldstein. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 66. Today's guest is John Kapalos. John played Barry Prophet in the classic season five Seinfeld episode, The Sniffing Accountant. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. This podcast is making me thirsty. Check out our Instagram. Give us a review, a like on iTunes. Thanks again. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 66, John Kapalos. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 66. Today's guest is a veteran screen stage and TV actor. He's an alum of the iconic comedy troupe Second City. He's appeared in three classic John Hughes films, including as Carl the Janitor in The Breakfast Club. You know him from Justified, Big Sky, and of course, he played Jerry's accountant, Barry Prophet, in the classic season five Seinfeld episode, The Sniffing Accountant. Please welcome John Kapalos. John, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. It's cool to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is great, John. So take us back, 1993. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know you were filming Forever Night, uh, you know, the, the detective show in Canada, but um, you got the call. Did I do Seinfeld in 93, was it? Yeah, yeah. September of 93 aired. Yeah, I think um, Forever Night was a dead issue for me by that time. Okay. So, so that's why, because my hair was kind of, I was sort of in a looking for work phase. So that's why I guess my hair was kind of long and um, FYI, but I th think uh, if, you know, you want to talk about forever night for one second, which uh, they, they basically dumped me. They were going to go into a third season and they were getting off of CBS and they were going to USA and they wanted us to do younger. So they, they uh, decided to dump me. And, and so I said, okay. Were you I mean, still they, in Canada? They, they, when, they when wanted to relegate me to a different part. So, oh, okay. and so, so what month? When did I shoot Seinfeld? It was said it said it shot in September of '93. It was the, uh, the fourth episode. So yeah, how, how did, you, did you audition for Barry Prophet? Um, did you have some show the show in any, in any manner? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just curious the, how the whole thing came about. Yeah, your internet is kind of wishing yeah, in the and internet's out. a little off there. Hold on. You, uh, um, I'd love to talk about. I mean, obviously that that's what we're here. But um, my uh, my recollection of Seinfeld, first of all, is quite vivid and strong because awesome. it was one of those experiences. You know, when you work on a hit TV show, it's kind of like a cauterizing experience because you're coming on when the show is like sizzling hot. And that's what was happening with Seinfeld at the time. I mean, I can recall several other shows that I've worked on, fortunately, in my career, like Miami Vice, I worked on the first season. And, you know, Desperate Housewives, I did a stint on it, you know, when they were hot, hot, hot. 
But the thing about Seinfeld that was cool, first of all, is, you know, because I came from Second City, um, Second City of old, um, was that, um, like, Larry David and the whole crew um, were not only at the top of their game, but there was a confidence in working with them. So, I, I mean, I get the sides faxed to me at like two in the afternoon. And I'm I'm in like, oh, you know, what the fuck mode. We're like, oh God, really? They're asking <laughs> to meet for Seinfeld. And um, I was pretty casual. I mean, my hair was really, you know, I just remember that and it's like sort of like being kind of very dressed casually. And I got the sides, which is the scenes which was, I think, um, I forget exactly what scene I read for. I think it was the one where I first come into the restaurant. Yeah, you kind of make fun of them for eating there. Yeah, I think that was the audition scene because it wasn't the Michael Richards scene. Anyway, I'm trying to be specific about it. But, um, you know, it was one of these things they say, the meeting's at four o'clock, 3.30 in the afternoon. And I live in Hollywood and it was just over the hill at MTM or Mary Tyler Moore Studios or CBS Radford now. But in the old days, it was the Mary Tyler Moore Studios. So probably giving you too much detail, but when oh, I listen, no, we're all about when I listen to these old Hollywood guys talking about, yeah, I used to drive over to Warner <laughs> and that's where I we, met. No, we hear this a lot. People said getting to the studio was, a, some of them was a pain. They didn't want to go to the, 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 you know, the audition and they, there's stories we love these stories well the, the thing is this i mean you know you, you get you get a fax and say you know that you're going to meet here and let's be real about this i'm not the only guy in town that's going to read for this right so um i go, I go to the, the the meeting and uh it's at around 2 3 o'clock 3 30 in the afternoon yeah around 3 30 i think it's later in the afternoon so i read and I go into a room after and uh, the casting person comes out and goes hey john listen do you mind if you just hang around for a second Oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And uh, I sit there for about five minutes and not a long time. Then they come back and say, listen, would you mind uh, doing the uh, six o'clock or 5.30 network read? I said, what? I said, yeah, you know, we want you to do the part and uh, we'll straighten it out with your agent and we got to read here at 5.30 and then tomorrow you'll start rehearsal at 10. Go, okay. Wow, right there on the spot like that. And that's huh? how I got Seinfeld. And I'm telling you guys, I mean, aside from being offered stuff, when you audition for stuff, you usually go back home, you sit, you know, you whittle, you, uh, <laughs> you fret, you, you know, you forget about it. And then they might call you or they might not. And weeks later, you hear something and you get it. But in this case, it was like, bing, bang, boom, you're in a box. And so, and, and I don't know whether you're hip to this, but every day at the end of, I'm sure other actors have told you this, but when you, when you do shows like this, you do a network reading every day. The, all the people come from the network and they sit there and all the writers come out with their scripts coiled up and uh, you do a run through, a very tense run through where people, <laughs> they're laughing like that, you know, trying to get it to work. And they're always, you know, I would come from improvisational theater where like the audience was real and right. the laughs were real. So when you're in a situation where you've got some people looking around going, that's funny, isn't it? But in the Seinfeld thing, um, there was they weren't pushing it that much because it was fucking funny. <laughs> so when you, I always like to ask this because you mentioned that was your um, your audition scene, and it's the first line you give is sort of like, "What what are you guys doing in this place? Are you in this place? Like you had this kind of an arrogant attitude about yourself." And I'm curious, like 
how did you see the sniffing accountant? Like, you know, I mean, what was he like? How did you? Because to me, he could have been on drugs, could have not been on drugs. You played that so well that it was like he led the audience on the whole time uh, well, with this I mean, sort of attitude that I just I love it because it, it, the best thing about Seinfeld is you never there was no formula to that show like most sitcoms. So you were always waiting for like, oh, I figured this out at the end. It's good. Da, 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 da. But when the Seinfeld never was like that, especially you know that 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 season and that, you know, your role was like that where I was like, you don't know what's going to happen here with this guy. It's a good question because, you know, I've been talked, I've never really talked specifically this much about this episode, although I've sort of skipped through it on other interviews and stuff. But the cocaine element is interesting because um, I know people that have done cocaine. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> right, right. And maybe some of them have been me in a former life. But, um, you know, the thing about, you know, people doing blow in movies and sniffing and all that stuff. It, it, it always, to me, seemed to be so obvious. I mean, you know, you know, when somebody doesn't know how to smoke a cigarette in the film, you can tell. And, right. You know, you know and, and or they don't drink properly or something, you know. So <clears throat> having been around people that have done cocaine, putting that generously, and being in Chicago in the 80s, um, you know, and having attended John Belushi's funeral more than anything. Right. Um, uh, where, you know, they were doing brown and white lines off the table at the uh, blues bar just in the shadow of the World Trade Center. There was Keith Richards and all these Hells Angels. And I said, what the fuck? These guys are, yeah, John's dead, but, you know, they're waking him. It's like, oh, really? Oh, my God. That's called a woke experience. Anyway, that's a little sideline. You can cut that out if you want. <laughs> but, um, the thing about the cocaine is I didn't really want to uh, tip it. You know, the whole thing about doing a thing like that is you just don't want to tip it. So you just want to keep it ambivalent. Anyway, and you're just talking, and, <laughs> you know, and like people are going, what the, f what's, you know, um, is the guy gonna have a cold or what? I don't know, everything's cool, you know? And, and if you do it intermittently and try not to address it, if you're, if you're really on blow and you're heavily on the stuff, the people are usually really paranoid, right? Mm. But there are people that in life that do it and sort of get by on it. So that's the way I sort of looked at Barry Prophet was like, if he's doing it, he's sort of like, hey, yeah, anyway, everything's cool. Right. You know, and like yeah. you had to keep the ball in the air as to whether is it the sweater, is it this or is it that, right? And um of course, it was always the drugs because the guy was probably just a, you know, yeah, I, we, I mean, at the end, you know, I mean, I have to buy the ending because that's the way it worked. But right, um, Jerry did say that, but, but you know, you, it's funny, you know, you can't really uh, can't really um, play it hard because if the guy was a real <laughs> freak, you know, then it wouldn't have worked. And you're doing comedy, too, right? So what, yeah, what background, I mean, rumor has it that Jerry had an accountant that essentially stole 50 grand from him and I think blew it on drugs. Did, was there any background you got on, on actual Barry or what would they tell you? No, none. And as a matter of fact, I think that they wanted to firewall that because, you know, and I, I, I didn't mind that. I think that, um, I think Tom Girona said to me something about, you know, the, there's a lot of truth in the character you're playing. <laughs> So that's about as close as I got to that rail. Um, I think the the um, 
you know, Jerry, just to work on this, you know, I don't know what other guys have said, but G Jerry is, was a guy that, at least when I worked around the guy, kept his cards pretty close to his vest and like, you know, was very concerned about not getting any stuff on his white shoes. Um, and, and like, that was like, uh, you know, it was fun, but serious fun. Um, Julia, I knew from uh, Second City and from the Practical Theater Company and from the New York people. And I know her husband, Brad, and, and a lot of people in her circle. Um, but no, you know, there was nothing, nothing, no inside baseball as to, you know, this guy's a real dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, it was the pinnacle of Seinfeld and we you were on season five. We ranked that either season five or three as, you know, the greatest season in, in television history. But I mean, and we ranked the sniffing account number 12 all time in Seinfeld. Yeah, we had it in really top 15. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, I got to say, when I say pinnacle, I'm, you know, it was, it was that late in the series. I remember that. But still, um, he, the, the, you know, the Larry David and the energy these guys had, you know, they, they weren't phoning it in. Man. And a lot of people, you know, you go around town and you go into the third right. or fourth season of a lot of these shows. And a lot of people are just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> when's my break? You know, it's like, uh. but um, I thought there was a lot of energy. Um, in the scene I saw shot with uh, with um, Michael Richards, we should talk about because that oh was, yeah yeah that's what we wanted to get to next. I mean, you know, I, we, we got whatever, however you want to direct this interview. <laughs> no, let's <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, we'll I gotta go. tell you, I gotta tell you honestly. I mean, I've been thinking about this in, in before talking about this. I have to be really frank because I get, um, I think a lot of good actors do. I, I sometimes get really major league stage jitters. And I was really nervous shooting that scene in the restaurant when we first come in and I'm like that. And I think I underplayed it and almost under was very speaking almost softly, not even as much of an acting choice. It's like, I was kind of scared. I was intimidated working with these guys. And that's the truth. You know, I mean, I don't know how many actors would admit that they're kind of like scared shitless when they come into a situation. <laughs> but you know, the other thing about coming into a, a TV show like that is like, it's always like the first day of school and everybody else knows one another except for you, right? Right. And you're coming- heard, they're pretty inviting though, right? You're coming, what? I was just saying, for what we heard, they're pretty inviting even though they have that aura. They were, but still, yeah, I'm- but Still, you know, it's gonna be, yeah, of course. It's a, it's a mind thing. And you know, yeah, everybody was nice. There wasn't any question about that. Um, you know so yeah so let's 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 hop to the scene right so yeah you're at pete's tavern i think is the, is the outdoor but essentially uh you know they're uh they're stalking you kramer goes in and well, from one what from what i heard of all time yeah you know, one of the greatest scenes of all time is was everything scripted did was a lot of this done um all right you're <laughs> hey, go ahead let's hear i mean how many takes was it i mean what well, i mean how did you keep a straight face <laughs> well, I don't know whether you guys have read any other, heard any other interviews, but I've talked about this, but I'm more than happy to talk about it again and probably go into more detail than you need. But um, Details, you want details, give us details. Well, first of all, I really am pissed off that Michael Richards got such bad play out of that thing that happened years after yeah. at the club. Because I'll even start to get emotional about this because I, the guy really works his ass off. And 
I don't think I saw anybody work harder on that show. I mean, and I say that with emotion because I really think that he got a bad deal there in terms of, so that day when I worked with him, he was actually quite, um, you know, he was really a sweet guy, but he's really onto himself, you know, and he's like working on his stuff and boom, boom, boom. You know, this guy works hard and he's fucking funny, right? So we're about to shoot the scene and I think we rehearsed or sort of there were lines were there, but um, <laughs> Larry David comes up to me just before the scene, we're about to shoot and we have a studio audience there and everybody's there and Michael's in, in tune and, and uh, I'm all ready to go. And he says, listen, John, whatever you do, you cannot laugh, okay? You cannot, <laughs> you cannot blow a take here for us because we do not know what Michael's gonna do. The camera doesn't know, the editors don't know, nobody knows, but we're prepared for him to do whatever he's gonna might do. And if it's great, and if it's funny, and if it blows the roof off, you cannot laugh, all right? You just cannot laugh, right? And he was really pretty intense about this because Larry's not a, a funny ha-ha guy, right? He's sort of a funny, you know, and when he's serious, you know, he's like, so I'm going, okay, and I'm getting it because he's really being serious. Because if I fuck up a take, you know, then, you know, there, there, there goes TV history, right? Um, and I take my work seriously. And I also took how Michael was just dodging in and out of the humor. So, so the whole bit, so basically what I had to do, we do a take. And he does some stuff. Now, I can't honestly remember, guys. I can't remember the number of takes we did because I just immersed myself in the process. But I do remember after one or two takes and the audience was going ape shit, and the cameramen were laughing, right? Cameramen have to hold themselves and sort of like, <laughs> and sort of take their hands off the camera so that it doesn't shake. And the audience was all to my left and Michael was to my right, my stage right, so as I recall. So what I did was I bit my upstage cheek and you can kind of see during the thing when he starts talking, my, my, my uh, jaw clenches a little bit because I'm biting into my cheek so I don't laugh. Mm. And when he did the thing where, you know, you know, sometimes I like to get high all the time and he has the beer with the cigarette and then he drinks it. That was totally not in anywhere, anywhere, right? And he does it and all I want to do, and the audience is going apeshit crazy. And the cameraman, everybody is, and I'm, I'm aware of that, but I'm here in the scene, but I just want to laugh, right? right. Because normally I'm the, at Second City, I was kind of the funny guy, not the straight guy. So to, to be there in that situation was great. And, you know, enlightening, but fuck, he was funny. And then he drinks the beer and then they open the bar, boom, and it hits his head and all that shit happens. And that was electric, right? And at that moment, I really thought I was gonna pee myself. I just really didn't, you know, and, and I hung on uh, like a, a good rodeo rider and made it through and uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah, incredible. I mean... he, he, so to answer your question, nah, I mean, a lot of that, they just sort of said, you know, watch out for what happens on the road and don't get hurt and, and don't laugh. Yeah, and I just, I recall Barry just pointing, you had that big like college or high school ring on. I'm going to sit over there. I'll, I'll never yeah. forget that. When I come I, to the bathroom, I'm going to sit over there. Don't yeah. take it personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I always, 
this, and, this oh, sorry. Just, you know, and the fact is that Michael, um, yeah, Michael's just great. Michael was just really great. I, I know I got a little bit teary about this because, you know, I really think that the dude, I really got upset when, because it always happens to such good people that they sometimes get the most unfair stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think he got a raw deal. And I've, I've heard you speak a lot, you know, about your father, you treat everyone with dignity. And I know that's, that's important to you. And I think, uh, you know, we should kind of do the same people deserve second chances, but yeah, well, I also believe, you know, we're, we're in this heavy world where everybody's talking about so-called cancel culture and all this other stuff. And, you know, um, there are people that deserve to be put away for good. And then there are whatever you've, you've had keys to the kingdom and you fucked it up. And there are people that like, just make mistakes, right? Just make mistakes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that I think that uh, there's a little bit too much. Uh, um, I think there's a little bit too much of a hard line sometimes when people just fuck up. That's why. Listen, we're here to just talk Seinfeld, have some fun. So, back back to that scene when you're in the toilet. I got to ask you. It doesn't sound like you. Are you the one that yells, "Hey, what kind of nut are you?" Was that you? No. No, I think I think that they dubbed that in later. They dubbed that. All right. I, I picked up on that. I didn't think it was you, but um, just incredible. Yeah, no, no, no. I um, I didn't mean to be a bummer talking about that stuff before, but I'm really happy for Michael because I think he's recovered. From no, the I mean time. we've talked to every single guest, every single guest star we've talked to. We've talked to now close to thirty, I think. Every single one has made a point to say how professional he was, how much he practiced, like. They would always see him off back, you know, off stage practicing, going in the door, like how dedicated incredible. he was. This everyone has made a point to say that, like incredible. Well, yeah, and 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 like the, it, that's just the truth. Um, but uh, you know, I think that I don't think that I've ever been more exhausted after a day of shooting than I was that that night. I would imagine, yeah. But so, um, what else did I know? You mentioned Sharon has told you like this. You know, this character's you know, gave you that one line. Anything else as far as, because we, we love him. I mean, as far as we were concerned, you know, the, the show took a little bit of a different turn after he left, but uh, still great, you know, season six and seven. But anyway, um, anything else you remember about him on set or, or even Larry per se, like where they, you know, had given you any type of, because your, your episode was, we talked this before, I know Harris mentioned just so many guest stars on your episode, Pat Cronin, who we've talked to, who was Farkas. You had Estelle and Frank Estanza on your episode. Yeah, Newman there, Krista Miller. I mean, so many people. Were you there the whole time? Wonderful actor that played um, Sid uh, Farkas. Hmm? That played Sid Farkas. Um, the guy that um, there was the Farkas was the boss. The bra, yeah. The bra guy, and and yeah, and also uh, the the woman. Uh, she went off and did a Krista series. Krista Miller, but, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, I mean, so you're 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 there the whole week for shooting, right? You're seeing all. Well, Kristen all the scenes. also, I think her her uh, aunt is uh, Susan St. James. I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Who is the actress? Uh, yeah. Anyway, because we, we talked about that, his old TV hand. Oh, okay. And um, um, she's sweet. And uh, who's the other actor that uh, played Elaine's? Uh, Elaine's Richard oh, Fancy. Richard Fancy. Oh, Richard. We've been we've been trying to get him on for. Uh, we love him, <laughs> Lipman. We love him. I love that scene, the exclamation point. I work with Richard. Richard's great. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a great scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, I should, you should get him. You should get him. <laughs> right. 
Which, but I mean, yeah. So you were on set, right? The whole, I mean, I, I, we've never seen a show that's that, and they talk about this we a lot. Number twelve for a reason. Well, I can go back to the Tom Chironis thing just for one second. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Tom is, I believe, Greek American because we talked about that because I have Greek roots, and uh, what the thing about him was that I didn't have a tremendous amount of interaction with him because the guy was kind of a. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this maybe from others, but he was kind of a silent but deadly type. Hmm. You know, I, I think that um, on a lot of really good shows, I think Larry David and Tom had a really good working relationship from what I saw. And uh, that to me was, I think, and Tom really, Tom really directed very, very well. I mean, he just was, you know, very, very assured as to how he wanted to do it. And um, again, you know, the cast had a certain amount of confidence that, you know, you got to really, really come in. It's, it's kind of like, you know, being a, being a bass player for a band that, you know, like you're coming in and playing for the Stones for like one set. Like they just, it's like, really, you know, they, they know everything here. So you're just trying to, and, and that's fun, but that's why I said it was intimidating. I'm um, trying to remember things specific about Tom aside from that, you know, what we had for lunch, but no. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you're, we know you're probably most well known as Carl, right? But not to us, but to us, it's, you know, I mean, even in this show, Lippman, Sid Farkas, and Barry Prophet. I mean, well, the thing I, is, honestly, it's between Carl and this. It depends on really the day. Yeah, it's, a lot of people, Seinfeld's huge in terms of viewership. Right. And also people, and, and, and the, uh, the thing that I've found, because I love the show, is the people that love the show love the show, right? Boom. Right. So there, there's yes. a real, um, you know, embrace of it. And uh, I was did fortunate. You, did fortunate. So was that the only time you auditioned for, for the show? Was this this role? Yeah. Wow. It's funny, yeah, we've talked to a lot of guest stars and they come in one, two, three times and never got the role, then finally they got that role. So yeah, it's 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 interesting, I mean. Listen, there is a there is a casting agent in town that I've been in for, for the last 30 years. I've probably auditioned for this person more than 200 times and I've never been cast by them. And there are Thanks. people that I go in for once, you know, it, it is such a strange, not, I wouldn't say strange business, but just sort of the, the the odds on doing stuff. It's like, you know, playing playing cards at this table, you could win a million dollars. Playing cards over here, you could never win. But uh, I, it's also the the kind of the synergy when meeting people. Like, you know, the Seinfeld group was, um, you know, when you really look back in ter terms of the history of television, I think that it was probably a period where I think the, the sitcom had really reached a point of, of kind of perfection because yeah. as you know, television has changed. We sort of went into reality TV land and now we're into the sort of streaming universe where, where it's all a bit different. But the thing about Seinfeld was that it was kind of the uh, pinnacle of that kind yeah, of genre. It was and I have to say it. guys, honestly, it's tough working in sitcoms as an actor. I've never really enjoyed the form that much. And Seinfeld was one of the easier ones because the comedy wasn't forced. Right. There was no form. There was no formula. I was trying to say that before. Like every sitcom beforehand, and I watched a lot of television with the Reese Company to Gilligan's Island to Brady, all the way up to the 80s, everything. 
and I got the Seinfeld when it was airing live and like, you're looking for the formula, the way that they you know punchline joke. And here's how the story's going to go every week. That wasn't Seinfeld. So I'm watching it the first two seasons. I'm like, this is so much different than anything else. And then it just, it just was like, it was unbelievable how they just stuck with that. And they were just like, and to your point, I think we talk about it's, it's the last sitcom. It really is like uh, it ended every, like everything since then has been, you know, you know, and people can talk about friends and, and sort of uh, uh, will and grace, but I think Seinfeld kind of was an end of an era sitcom. Yeah, and sure. um, you look also at, uh, what was I going to say? Like I worked on, um, Home Improvement. And Home Improvement was a hell of a lot more formulaic, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, of course. Totally formula. It was, he's going to get in trouble. Something's going to happen. The guy's going to tell him what to say. In the end, everyone's happy. I mean, that's. Yeah, you're right about the setup joke thing, too. You know, it's it's just so predictable. And have you guys, like, in your travels with Seinfeld, did they augment a lot of their laugh with canned laughter or yes, no? Later on, they did it more, is my understanding. Uh, seasons eight and nine, for sure, was a lot more. Yeah, my understanding is early on, it wasn't as much, but I don't know if we hired a different take on that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the show became a little, a little gimmicky and cartoonish. That's why, I mean, you were in season five, where it was the absolute That's the top. That's probably but you. Top. I mean, Three you have five. such a comedic background. I know, you know, John Candy was a mentor of yours. I mean going from John Candy to Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, I'm sure there's some similarities between those guys. Um, I'd Honestly, love to hear about it's really, really interesting that you say that. And I, maybe it's not what you're going to want to hear, but got all, all three of them are incredibly serious. In a lot, and Steve Martin, I would add to that. Mix. Yeah, I was going to say Steve Roxanne, Martin. Right? too, right? Or, or, Gene, or even Gene Levy. I mean, there's a seriousness. And, and Michael Richards, you know, um, a lot of these guys, you know, there are lots of guys that are, hey, how are you? They're all the time like this, right? But then there are guys that are incredibly stoic and to themselves. And their comedy is, you know, I would even put um, uh, Rob Codray. I mean, I worked with him a little bit and, and, you know, very little bit. But, you know, these guys are, um, their comedy is focused, you know. Um, what can I say? I mean, I'm, I, I, you know, we even like go, go to a person like John Hughes. I mean, that mm. uh, he wasn't a performer, but you know, there was also an incredible amount of focus there. But you know, the thing about Jerry Seinfeld that I sort of appreciated was that he was of all the guys. I mean, I don't know what you probably when the book is written. I mean, I did a episode of a show called Platypus Man with Richard Jenny. Oh, Richard Jenny, yeah, yeah, and and there's a sad story, right? Yeah, and I, I played his brother on the show. And a lot of comedians, right, were given, like, of course, Tim Allen and a lot of successful ones and some not so successful, of course, Roseanne Barr, et cetera, you know, were given shows. And I think to Jerry's credit, you know, he used his platform very well because he's not what you would say a stellar actor, but he worked within the parameters of who he was. Right. And I thought that was the smartest way, like Jack Benny did, like a lot of guys sort of, you know, and they created this character of the sort of the enhanced jerry steinfeld sort of thing well it's funny we just had matt goldman on he's kind of one of the founding fathers of the show the original writer and he said jerry went into a meeting with nbc and, and pretty much they said you're going to do this and he goes i'm doing it this way because i'm happy to stand up a comedian so we're going to do it my way so it's like he was just so 
stubborn to your point, like not rah rah funny. Like this is what I'm gonna do, and he he stood by. So yeah, you're 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 spot on there. And the other thing that you may not know about my career, in the just sort of a little background on this, is that around eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. Um, and even a bit later, I was uh, I was developing a show at NBC, so I was working a lot with Brandon Tartikoff, and I had my own production and production company at NBCP. So I was around when Jerry was pitching his show and when all these comedians were coming in and doing that. And I was a Second City guy, and I had a show about a single musician who had a kid. Uh, my wife had gone off and become like Madonna or Cher. And I was in Chicago when I was running, running a music booking business. It was called Monterey Jack. And I had this eight-year-old son who was precocious. And if you wanted 500 oboes to play Inagata de Vida, you know, Buckingham Fountain in Chicago at noon, I was your guy. And we had this series and stuff. And they decided to go with another series about a single father who was a musician called Blossom, right? Oh, so, oh look at that. <laughs> and I was up for moonlighting. I was up against... Martin, I mean, uh, Bruce Williams for Garp, you know, you know, it goes on and on. But that said, um, in my, you know, and I, I have no regrets in my career. It's just the way it is. But uh, I remember Jerry, I remember when uh, Jerry came in and pitched at NBCP. I wasn't in the room, but, um, you know, and like he was one of the smart ones. You know, a lot of people were trying to do, were swinging from not their center. Uh, what was the, the female comedian? They, she did very well, sort of Texan. Uh, but, you know. Caroline in the city? I don't know. Ellen? No, I'm, I'm thinking about a, a, another a, sort of woman, female comedian or at her own TV show sitcom. But anyway, um, forgettable, quite, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not doing a podcast about her. <laughs> but you know um, all in all i mean you know the, the the taping evening was really intense because we did two two shows you taped two shows back to back right did you go to the rap party for that season um no no um you know you touched on it but you were missing we didn't ask you i know you kind of touched on it but maybe there's a little more there i'm hoping as far as uh a connection between john hughes and and a larry david or john hughes and a jerry seinfeld as far as I mean, like you said, the vision, perhaps, or just you know how particular they were about what they were doing. Um, I don't know if it's comedically. Comedically, it's I can't see it as much, but maybe you can from being there as far as their comedic senses. But maybe just from a leadership standpoint, or you know, showrunner standpoint. Comedically, they're different styles, no yeah. doubt. I mean, yeah. There's no. It, it's tough to compare them in that regard. What I can talk about in in terms of, you know, and again, this, even to Steve Martin, are these guys that are auteurs, in other words, they're, they're sort of own thing, right? And, um, and Jerry is very much his own vehicle, right? So he writes and produces and does, does this stuff. I think the brilliant thing that he achieved with Seinfeld is that he, along with Larry and his team, um, and I'm forgetting about his, uh, gosh, who are the guys that represent him? Shapiro? Yeah, yeah, Shapiro, Shapiro West. and West, right? Those yeah. guys were always around. <laughs> his crew, his crew. You know, um, I, you know, there was a very, there was a real sense of letting, letting, letting the boy do his work. You know, 
let the kid do what he what he does better. <laughs> yeah, I think they stayed. They were kind of the they blocked the execs probably a lot too. And, and, and if I was you know to say when I first worked on Sixteen Candles with John Hughes, it was basically the execs that sort of said, okay, let the kid do what he's doing. Let it, let him do what he does best. You know, and it's you know presumably what they let uh, great artists do is like if they're smart. <laughs> if you're smart, yeah. And and then ultimately they start futzing with you, but um, but that's yeah, that's that's his crew. Like your crew is what Haggerty, like he who also was on Seinfeld. I believe Rudy's after vintage. you, he was yeah, Rudy's. Rudy's. Wait, I mean, you've, done, you've done your homework. You've done your homework. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you guys are were close in Second City, and you know he's a he's a funny guy. I love Mike. I'll tell him. Yeah, Haggerty, um, Richard Kramer. Kramer. He had a great scene with Kramer. You both had great, two of the best Kramer scenes of all time in that uh, when uh, actually, well, yeah, Kramer and the raincoats and everything. It was amazing. And then Richard Kind. I worked with Richard um, and Isabella Hoffman, Megan Fay. Um, so with Garland, too, right? Je Jeff Garland. I'm, and you never got Jeff, uh, the Jeff call to go to Curb, me. do an episode of Curb? Jeff, yeah, Jeff was a little bit uh, after me at Second City, so he oh, okay. was in the company, but. Yeah, I know Jeff. We all know <laughs> Jeff. Um, and, you know, and uh, you know, Second City was an incredible place to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chicago has spawned just, I mean, even just at Seinfeld, we've had Pat Finn, uh, Mark DiCarlo. Like, it's it's a it's a breeding ground for, for funny, have you know. Have you talked to Pat and Mark? Yeah. Yep. Amazing guys. We love both of them. Oh, really? I think they're both assholes. <laughs> can can i have language on this show or? oh yeah of course no, no. let the explicitives fly well, the well the dentist the, office. mark DiCarlo and pat you see these guys i know from you know way back when yeah. and i auditioned together at second city so um you know, that was a great day for all right well john put in a good word for haggerty with yeah, us and vintage clothing we'd love to have him. oh haggerty will He'll do your show in an Irish heartbeat. Um, <laughs> he's, well, a, he's, he's a good man, and uh, don't tell him that I said that. <laughs> well, listen, John, this has been uh, it's been an absolute treat. Thank you so uh, much. It's been a, such a pleasure. Well, thank you. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, yeah, you were great. Was, we really appreciate the one, your time. The, the one and only Barry Prophet. Well, thank you very much, and I hope the sty gets better. Oh my gosh! And, I'm going to show uh, the audience. They don't think I'm I'm messing around here. I can barely even open my eye. I'm. Uh... In some circles, I might be considered sexy. Not uh, you know. <laughs> you look a little bit like John Cassavetes. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite actors. You look like him. You know, after he's been beaten up in some sort of. Uh, you know, ever see the movie Johnny Staccato? Uh, no. He did a TV series called Johnny Staccato okay. uh, in the late 50s, uh, John Cassavetes. Amazing. All right, well, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, John. We really John, appreciate thanks it. Thanks so much. A blast. I really like it. Thank you so much, man.